run into the ground. We're back. Another week. Another hot shot guest. Uh, we got fellow Jersey City legend. Uh, a man who sometimes appears on my couch. Yes. Drummer of Rye Coalition, Dave Lito. <laughs> Uh, what's what's up, Dave? Why did you skip all around? Good guy. He's very, very. <laughs> that was my thing. That, that was, was the one. That was your said. one request on the intro. That was my one true. request, and you it's ignored just, it. Completely. It's you know, it's a uh, it's very subjective, you know. Yeah. But I I got no complaints. So Man. me and your couch are very good friends. <laughs> yeah. Not years. not my roommate, but the couch specifically. That's the reason yes. you come well, over. Well, your roommate. She's the best. <laughs> Shout out to, to Candace, who may or yes. may not be listening right now uh, from the, just the other room. But uh, yeah, good to have you on. Uh, we've been Thank talking you. to have you on for a minute. For uh, I don't know if Andrew wants to get into the reason we didn't have you on last week, but okay. I had a, I had a, I had my first adult health scare. That's all. What was it? Um, it was what it ended up being was a severe muscle spasm that sort oh, of shit. started in my armpit and went like diagonal down sort of towards my gut was your um, right side my right side yeah so you thought you were having a heart attack i honestly thought like my my feet that would be my, my knees, first instinct yeah my sure. knees sort of gave out on me um i got dizzy i got real cold uh it was the scariest like all in all that whole pain yeah. took about 10 minutes i i honestly i was like i'm gonna die here this wow. is it um and then I went to the hospital, and they were like, "You're fine." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I mean, see you." Sometimes um, when you go to the hospital, they're like, "No, like I want to know what's wrong with me." <laughs> well, that's what I was like. I kept saying, "I was like, are there any tests that you haven't done yet that you could do that wouldn't be of significant financial cost to me?" Right. Uh, and she, they were like, "Do you want an X-ray?" And I was like, "Is it on the house?" And she's like, "Of course." <laughs> So I so I had an X-ray. The X-ray tech was like, "Your lungs look great, like honestly wow. great." And I was like, "I was like, can you tell that I smoked for t- like twenty five years?" And he's like, "Actually, no." I think wow. like after like seven well, years of quitting smoking or something like that, like your your yeah, lungs regenerate enough. Is that true? That I think yeah. so. Hmm. If you're like young enough, yeah. Dave. I don't I yes. don't want to just get right into it, but I kind of have to. Yeah, um, do whatever you R- want. Rye Coalition. Yeah. For me who grew up in South Jersey. Oh um, yeah, South Jersey. You know, and I and I I saw you guys, you know, early on a lot in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I specifically and... specifically remember dr- riding my bike to go see you at the Kyber. Yeah. Um, Kyber was great. I love the Kyber. It, honestly, it's like a restaurant now. Like I don't know if they if they always had food, but it's like a restaurant now. They I, did. I, they did have food before the bat. Yeah. I went in there recently, and I was like, none of you people know that I saw the promise ring here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's like what? that meme <laughs> for the right. kid in the par- corner there. of the party. Like, like every what? good band played there. Right? Can you imagine like Maxwell's when Maxwell's just turns into like a brunch spot? There was a show with us in the Rapture, and I can't remember who else it was. Some other huge band, like. Before they got huge, you know. Right. But like every good band played the Kyber or the church, you know. Right. I mean, and usually both. Um, you are notably a Jersey City band. Yes, completely. I, I love that you wore that on your sleeve. Yeah. Always. Like everywhere we went. 
that's yeah what we i i feel like there's so many people who i mean even people who just live here still like rep nyc and it drives me nuts <laughs> right it's gross. like um, let it be yeah, its own we were thing all, you know we were all like born here you know like raised here in jersey city so we saw it from like shit to you know shinola or whatever you want to call it um you know, there was a moment like in the 80s where my uncle was going to buy like, you know, like six or seven brownstones on like Varick Street. And it was like oh my God. 10 grand each. And he was like, <laughs> no one wants to live in this shithole. You know, he'd be fucking, you know, well, he's dead, but he would be like a fucking bajillionaire, you know, yeah. like buying 10 brownstones on Varick. Yeah. I want to know, like you guys, again, you know what I uh, I want to say the first time I saw Rye Coalition was probably my junior year of high school. Like, how old were you in ninety eight? Ninety eight. I was twenty two. Right. Um, like the, the most rock and roll band, the coolest, like actual rock and roll band, that, like <laughs> up do. to my life that I had ever seen. Like, I I don't think you know because it would still be years before I would find out about like. Murder City Devils and like yeah. other rock bands like that that were still like kind of punk adjacent, but yeah, fuck, fuck if I didn't feel like why why isn't Rye Coalition playing like arenas? Like yeah. why isn't there like fireworks at these shows? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know what it's like. It's kind of like half and half of what we intended to be, you know, like mm-hmm. which is you know if you were talking about the record we we're going to talk about, whatever. Like we always felt like. You know, like, who wants to go to a sh- like? We would go to these. We would play these festivals and all these things, and like, the singers like crying about like you know poverty and wherever, and like bumming everyone out. Like, <laughs> we're just like, who the hell wants to be bummed out when they're going to see a band? You know, like, so oh, we're just like, yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, like, honestly, we just that's... came out. And we're like, you know, high kicks. Yeah, and fucking that that also solos very much most was, of the music I listen to. Yeah, very like much music was I the, don't want to feel good. The era of like food not bombs. Yeah, it was and like, like the original emo. You know. Yeah. Like um, those bands, like you know, although good, fine, all that shit like, Ian MacKay wouldn't shut up about. You right. know. They so just, you guys, you were in Jersey City your entire career, never left. Yeah, I mean, like you were always based there. Correct. 100%. So by the time On Top came out in like what, 02? I think 01? so. Either a one or a two. Yeah. Like, like New York rock and roll was like where everybody was paying attention. Correct. Like, what wh- what were you doing? Like, were you part of that scene? Did you give a shit about Yeah. The I mean, we were like, playing in New York constantly. Like, right. you know, this, like we played a show. It was Hot Snakes, Us, and the Strokes opening, you know, wow. like wild. Like, you know, like, we were like, oh, these guys are good, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and then, like a week later, like their videos on MTV, and you're like, wow, like that was quick, you know. Yeah, I had that we same experience like, with Papa Roach. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were just like always on the like on the ledge of like breaking, you know. Mm-hmm. It was always like something held holding us back. I don't know if you've ever seen like the movie that was made about us, whatever. I, I watched it, it in, like, in preparation. Yes. It was, it was always just something that just, like, fucked us over, you know, always. But, like, yeah. we didn't want to be that, you know? Like, we just did what we did because we were best friends and, like, that's all we knew. Like, it right. wasn't like, let's get rich, let's get famous, you know, let's do blow and 
have sex with hookers, you know. And part of that sounds good, but, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, just the getting rich in hookers part. I don't know about the <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, we just never we just did what we wanted to do and like didn't right. care like what was the right route to go to get there to get famous or do you know to be on MTV or whatever. Yeah, we did, just did, did the did. rest of that annoy you? The rest of what? Like the greater New York rock scene? No. I don't know, because like, I mean, we were friends with like tons of those bands, you know, mm-hmm. and we always played with them. We were at Brownies like every other weekend or like mm-hmm. Mercury Lounge or Knitting Factory. So like that's where we played. We never really played in Jersey unless it was Maxwell's, you know. Right. So there really was no Jersey thing. Like you had to play in New York. Right. Yeah. Until it's like sort of, Uncle Joe's showed up, you know, which was later. It sort of blew my mind when I found out that uh, Mercury Lounge used to be cool. <laughs> yeah it was like the coolest like the i was first, there every weekend the first time every i went to the mercury came there too i feel like first time i went there was like 2010 2011 and i was like what this this is what people like right like, yeah i mean i think by then it was like right it was exceeded it was weird yeah um i haven't been there since we played there so i don't know <laughs> you're um you're currently uh in your car if I understand I'm my car, yeah, in the park by my house in Bayonne. It's a beautiful park. Hey, uh, it's quiet. Famously home of the Bayonne Bees. The Bayonne Bees, the Bayonne Bleeder, Chuck Wepner, who mm-hmm. Rocky was based on. I don't know if you know about that. No, I don't. All I know is the Bayonne. So Bees Rocky, from that. the movie Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, um, Chuck Wepner was the only guy to knock Muhammad Ali out. But he basically uh, stepped on his foot and punched him. <laughs> and that's how he knocked him out. But he was known as the Bayon Bleeder because like, you'd punch him and he would just be like, bloody, bloody, bloody. Mm. But Rocky, you know, Sylvester Sloan based the movie on him. Like the stairs that he walks, like mm. when he runs in the stairs, those are in Bayonne. Those are, those are like, uh, like 20 feet ahead of me right now. Wow. That's so but, they you just know, reshot it, it as the art the museum? Movie. And then um, he, I don't know if he sued him or nothing, but they settled. And like, so that's mm. the Sloan game of cash. <laughs> I mm. hope so. That's but wild. like, it's weird. Like sometimes in the morning, like I'm driving behind someone like a, like a tan Cadillac and like the license plate says the champ. And it's, I know it's him <laughs> and he's doing like 10 and I'm like, I have to get to fucking work. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> like he's doing like 10 miles an hour on like, you know, in a 30. I say Man, the same I, thing every time I, I dr- pull up alongside the cake boss, you know? Are you pulling alongside the cake boss? Oh, yeah. I see the cake boss in his, like, DUI Corvette all the time. Bright <laughs> no yellow way. fucking Corvette. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck has, like, a tan Cadillac with a brown rag top. That's amazing. Mm. That's exactly That's what I want champ. someone like that I mean, to you drive. Can't, you can't beep at the champ. It's true. He'll step on your foot yeah. and knock you out. Man, I had no idea that you... Uh, yeah. The New Jersey City folks are just rubbing elbows with uh, celebrities. A lot of, yeah, lot of greats up everywhere here. we go. I uh, I almost got run over by Shaquille O'Neal once in Hoboken. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I was I was walking in the crosswalk and he blew the stop sign and he was driving like a big like Lincoln Navigator or some shit and he was wearing a green suit and uh, <laughs> he was From not the Steve Harvey collection. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the the only one who makes ones with enough buttons to fit him, was, you know, mm-hmm. was the general in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah or trying like to, the foot me trying to get or like the me trying to get money thing. out of that shitty insurance company would have been a goddamn impossibility. 
<laughs> like, I'm calling the general, Shaq. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't hit you. Yeah, he did Shaq's not like, hit Look, man, I have, I have Geico. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I have about. a great story. So Cool and the Gang are from Jersey City. They're the other great Jersey City band. Yes, the only other one. And their <laughs> tour bus hit my brother's friend in grade school. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, walking to school, like... And like turned the corner too quick and like the mirror like nipped her head or something. Oh my god. And she got like a little settlement or I I don't know. I think something happened where she got paid. But, like, yeah, I hope so. That's why like cool McGang. Like cool McGang. <laughs> the only other band that I would say are as good as us. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so I, I, I wish we were recording this uh, a week ago, uh when we were supposed to be, because then we could be promoting the show that oh, we'll still be promoting would have happened two weeks ago. So how how was your how was your show in uh, <laughs> how'd your show go June third? <laughs> what show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we'll we'll definitely post something on our page for it. And so uh, you yeah. know, a little sneak That's peek: upcoming days. guest playing June third. So but, this uh, when does this come out? So uh, this is probably going to come out in like two weeks. You better blast it in one day. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, put bums and seats, man. Yeah, I know. Are you guys? Uh, you guys excited? You're. This is your first time playing in in a long time. Yeah. Did you guys play the Lo-Fi? Lo-Fi? Okay, yeah, I was. Fun. I was there for that when Lo-Fi did their little block party. That was super fun. That and was didn't, did, hit, didn't the Van Pelts Didn't the Van Pelts play as well? As well? No, they didn't play. They didn't. No. Okay. No, I thought they did. Uh, but they have a new album, and it's really great. Really, and I'm they sure do. Be playing soon. Yeah, it's really, really good. Fucking wow. We've talked about um, getting sure. uh, Chris, Chris on the pod at some point. Yeah, you totally should. If yeah, you need he's... this info, I'll give it to you. Yeah, no, I think um, he would I, I he see him all talk. the time around. Another another person I rub elbows with around town. He definitely loves to talk, and I'll give him. I'll give you his number, and you could reach out to him. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a good dude. I'm. Can I, you just say it on bump the pod into each other. so everyone can? Yeah, can you give him. everyone Chris Leo's number? <laughs> Uh, no, I won't do that. But, but yeah, no, I used to bump into him during uh, during COVID all the time when I was living in the Heights. He would be hanging right. out with his daughter at Washington Park, just like yeah. in the flower garden. And uh, yeah, super, super nice dude. Runs, yeah. uh, runs I've known him since I'm 13, I think. Oh, wow. Like That's cool. 32 years. Are they yeah, considered a Jersey City them. band too? Are they the third no, Jersey City band? They're from, they're from uh, oh God, I can't, why am I blanking on where they're from? Chris is from oh god why can i think he's from the suburbs i don't want to say where's the wellmont theater oh is that montclair is it montclair i don't want to say he's from montclair because he's not from montclair (laughs) he's from bloomfield maybe that that might make sense yeah either way (laughs) they're not jersey city no the wellmont theater is a theater in montclair new jersey correct yeah so they're not from montclair but the town next to it which i think Bloomfield is very close to, to Bloom. Montclair. Yeah, Montclair Jays. He's from Bloomfield. I'm pretty sure it's an entire part of the state. Anything really north of New Brunswick, I'm like, oh, oh, any of those. <laughs> yeah, Typical I just know South Jersey here. guy. I don't know anything South Jersey. I'm like, it could just be desert or farmland. I don't know. It sort of is both. If I can tell, you know, if I <laughs> if I may, uh, Dave. What? Have you ever been to a place called Action Park? I I was not allowed to go to Action Park. Hmm. Yeah, my parents were very smart. <laughs> they did not knew, want you or your brothers to die. They knew to keep me and my brother away from Action Park. That's nice. hilarious. 
Yeah, the, um, my, my brother, my brother may have went. He's older. He's four years older. Uh, he's playing with us now too on drums, like second drums. Uh, second drums. Like, yeah, we have two drummers now. Oh my god, we've two been talking about this in a row. How yeah, we, okay. Weird. So we we just recorded yesterday. Uh, if we're pulling the curtain back a bit, uh, are you familiar with the band okay. Colossal? Yes. Yeah, we just had Pat Ford from Colossal on, and we were talking about how they used to play with two drummers. And then that started yeah. having us talk about other bands that have two drummers. We were talking about the yeah. band Algernon Cadwallader, who, as of press time, just uh, announced a reunion tour, where they'll also be reuniting and playing with two drummers. I think it's fun. Like, it's, of course, I, he's my brother, you know, so, like, yeah. I love playing with my brother. But, like, you know... um, yeah, it's just fun. Like two drummers, fuck it. Why not? I, I, I when you can pull two drummers it's off, it's not the uh, whole set. It's it, like half the set is with yeah. him. But like, yeah, it's great. it's like we're so like he taught me how to play drums, and we're so like connected. You know, not to be like spiritual, or whatever. But like what? you know, like we know what we're gonna do. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, is kind of cool. What? How does your playing change when you're playing with another drummer because that can't um, possibly be something you've done many times in life yeah i mean we did it at maxwell's once for my dad's birthday and it was great but um you know practice number one but like as long as you're both playing to the same music like you're fine you know like there might be minor like you know discrepancies or whatever here and there but like you know what you're gonna do, it's just why we practice a lot, you know. Like we'll do this here, we'll do this here, we we'll do this here, we we'll do this here. You know, it's planned out. It's like acting or whatever, you know. Man, I just can't I, I can't imagine. So, you know, when you're when you're in a two I mean, if you both suck, then you it's right. sound that, like that, that that'll complicate things. That's the problem like, I always run into. You know, most right. bands I've been in with the exception of the last one, most bands have been two guitars and like, it's yeah, easy same. for two guitars to figure it out. Right. So, so it makes total thing. sense. The two drummers, like does one person instinctively like play small drum, just like, you know, the beat while the other one kind of shreds around. It? Yeah. It's a little bit of that. Yeah. Which the, one are you? the rhythm drummer and the lead drummer. Yeah. Right. It's a little <laughs> like that. And then at both times we're just the lead drummer. Right. Wow. It's this, I mean, like, you know, whatever, like everyone's gonna be so drunk and like, who cares? Um, it's like, as long as we're in time, like whatever yeah. you play sounds fine. Fuck. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, cool. the last, like Fugazi album, you know, it was like two drummers. It sounds amazing. It's like one of my favorite. Al- it's like the, my favorite album by them. Is that like, the argument? you know, tortoise, whoever. Yeah. The argument, yeah. my favorite Fugazi album by far. That's wild. You know, there's bands like, I just love <laughs> bands that have two drummers. Like that's better to look at. Then yeah, one. we said we talked about uh, Trail of Dead for a minute. Yeah. Um, right. I was trying to think of other bands, and I and I googled today other bands that had two drummers, and like, is this Grateful um, Dead and Almond Brothers? Yeah, Almond Brothers. I don't know that. The Almond Brothers. Yeah, uh, Grateful Dead was mentioned. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire had two yeah. drummers. James oh. Brown always had two drummers, right? That's and it cool. was. It seems like there was a very specific scene. That did two drummers, yeah. Um, in a way that, like, I could uh, completely imagine would work perfectly for Rai Coalition. Like, yeah, I, I, I really want. Song, you you know, know how there was that like the songs that work for it. There's the very kind of culty, like two band member scene that for a while, like there was a two piece fest and things like that. Yeah. Like, 
it's the that weird cult of two piece bands. Uh I want there to be like a two drummer fest. I want like I want to see like a full Fuck bill it. of bands with two drummers. It's bands with two drummers. Uh, it sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, anyway. Dave, what kind of um kit do you play? Um my main one is like uh it's like pretty much John Bonham's kit but clear. Mm-hmm. He had like a red clear, but mm-hmm. I have like a clear clear. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, like it's a 76 Vista light, I think. Ludwig Vista light. How many mm-hmm. how many pieces are we talking here? Um, one like you know a snare, a tom, two floor toms, and a bass drum. That's it. Uh, no okay, piccolo wild, snare. First off, but like you know whatever. Like I'll show up at White Eagle Hall and there'll be like you know a cocktail drum set and I'll play that. Like I don't care what happens. <laughs> Do you? I, so I, uh, even get like you know as it's somebody the, who who's the, played... as my friend says, it's the shooter, not the bullet. Right. Uh, most of, you know, mo- I, whenever I've played with bands, you know, I always look at what gear they have. Yeah. Um, when you think about like, I don't know when you, when you, when you see a drummer who plays in a like non-standard drum setup, like two floor toms, not standard, but yeah. like when you see somebody play, who's got like kick snare, no, no rack Tom, just right. one that, floor. Tom. I want to, go up there and like donkey kick them are you like what like why are why are you doing this or it's just like just play a normal four-piece drum set that's it that's all you need are four drums you don't right. need any more the fifth one is like just looks awesome because it's next to the other one Yo, yeah and when you would you do a double floor tom hit yeah yeah i, I, I do it. that sure but like uh, you know the second floor tom is like it's like you know it's that like it's kitschy you know also right like it just looks awesome because John Bonham was awesome, and true. That's why you do it. I did. But I I also did. I always used a f- tiny four piece Slingerland my entire life. Hmm. What is the like other? Little. What's the other drummer setup? Um, he has a Ludwig, like a little, be like almost like a Ringo set. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my brother. Yeah, but I mean, at the show, we're just gonna have like whatever that like Joe Daly, Chuck's brother. Mm-hmm. He rented some drums, and then White Eagle all have some like really nice drums. So like, you know, it's like you just adapt to whatever the hell they give you. Like, right. if you can't do it, fucking go home. As you have to, <laughs> you just walk into that set and you go, "You're in the jungle, baby." Right, you're in the jungle, baby. Which <laughs> I played three times last night. Yeah, oh I God. don't ever want to have to fucking. We'll get into it. I don't <laughs> ever want to fucking Friday. listen to that record ever again. <laughs> I would rather listen to Primus than have oh to listen God. to that again. Um, right. Where's the man, hop in here because I'm just gonna keep asking question after <laughs> well, question. Uh, so funny that enough, album though, is a huge part of our band. I gotta, we, I gotta, like I gotta. We haven't done a scene report in a minute. I've been putting them off. Uh, I did. A, I, I photographed an event uh, called the Birth of Punk. Yes, you sent me uh, a picture. Yes. Yes. So we. Uh, I'm telling the listeners. I know you're you're fully adept to what's going on in my yeah, life, I'm... but the uh, yeah no we I was photographing an event uh, that was a gallery kind of in experience I guess you'd say at the Seaport in New York and um, it was there's a very fine line of it being corny and and being well done and I think they actually rode the line pretty well and it's it's pretty well done but it's kind of like literally a timeline of the birth of punk and right. You know, very old, you know, photos of the bands at the time. And 
uh, it was in conjunction with Morrison Hotel Gallery, who I do a lot of work with. Work with, yeah. And they, but there was all kinds of cool people. Godless was there, who's done a ton of old CBGB stuff. Uh, Bob Gruen showed up, who did a ton of that stuff. And uh, you know, I was, I, I think we were getting, we just had booked you, and we were getting ready for the pod, and. You see Duff. <laughs> fucking Duff McKagan rolls in. Uh, I didn't really know who it like was at first. Eight, right? He's he's a tall man. Yeah. And he has a very beautiful wife. And I was like, this guy's somebody. And then people are like whispering, Oh my god, that's tough. That's tough. Right. And uh yeah, I, I had to take a selfie for him literally just Dang. to make content for the podcast. <laughs> and someone 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 was like Oh my God! Did you tell Duff about your podcast? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely like, not. Duff does not need to know about my podcast. I'm a That's white man. He he already assumes I have one. It's <laughs> yeah. I Duff is probably the only person outside. Well, I guess everybody in that band's kind of a character, but like Duff, I would I'd be able to if I saw him in in person, I'd be like, "That's Duff, sure." Yeah. Uh, other mean, being. Of Axel, because it just looks like Axel got stung by bees. (laughs) Axel slash Chucky. And uh, and what is is Slash still? Does Slash still look like Slash? Slash looks just like Slash. That's insane. Have you ever seen Slash without his hat? It's it's bizarre. The drummer has 10 strokes or whatever. The... um, yeah, So that event was wild. There was a band that played and they were slanging a lot of Maker's Mark. Uh, for mm-hmm. the opening, and there was this one kid. I clocked him from like a mile away, just way too drunk. And then in the pit, oh, that's the fight. Yeah, there was a pit, and uh, I felt I felt like I was back in my roots again, doing music photography all over again. Yeah. And um, but the kid, you know, like you can always tell when someone's lucid in the pit and someone who's like not there fully. And this dude was thousand yards there in the pit, like wow. just like running in the people. And then there's this old dude, like old Lower East Side dude named Raven. He's like a like a short black dude. He's wearing a fedora with like a scarf and a leather jacket. You know, like yeah. you can't get away looking like that unless you like lived in in you know New yeah, York in the seventies. You know, and at one point this drunk dude is like plucking the strings on the guitarist's guitar, and while while, while he was like tuning. And uh, the dude Raven like grabs the kid's wrist and like pulls it away from the guitar, and the kid whips back with his arm and hits this guy in the chest. Like this is a man Oof. in his like sixties, seventies, and immediately the dude like puts his hand on the kid's throat, <laughs> just like his instincts kicked in, you know. And so people grab this kid because you don't fuck with this dude who's like no a material part of that world, you know. You don't mess with Raven. You don't mess with Raven. And literally, they threw this kid out onto, like, the cobblestones of Seaport. And it was right on Fulton Street. And then, uh, you know, they push him out. It's whatever. Everyone keeps going. Then all of a sudden, this dude rushes back in again and goes right for this old man. Oh, my God. That's so Raven. (laughs) So Raven. (laughs) So they literally throw this kid out again, like, rough him up good in the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, push like literally push him down the block. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he he ends up like whipping around and like hitting some girl and knocking her down, mm-hmm. which then causes another dude to straight up like spin his jaw around. Yeah. And uh, they push this guy him. down the block. 
he takes his hoodie off. So he's just wearing like a black t-shirt runs back in again through the other door. Oh my God. And then this time I have a picture of it. I didn't like send it to anybody. Cause it's, it's a little incriminating, but they literally have this dude in like a headlock, like hey, choking him out. His face is bright as like a beat. Kind of. Like, oh yeah. And then he comes out and starts. They like security shows up from, uh, from like one of the restaurants nearby and legitimately, he starts swinging on, like, six-foot-five security guards. Like, this dude is so far gone. Yeah, he's just in it. And I already like, said that's so, Raven. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, literally <laughs> just, like... That was excellent, by the just way. Just fighting with... Uh, yeah, just fighting with anybody in his way. And he just had this yeah. rage. And I'm like, holy shit, this really was punk, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, it was funny. I, I was, like, in the middle of it with my little film camera, like, snapping pictures. Yeah, but oh yeah it felt great I, I haven't seen a fight like that in years but it was just wild like it, it was nuts it was it was wild to see especially happening in like such a bougie area as the seaport especially now. like first night too like opening yeah, night oh yeah i mean it was the band that was playing uh this band bad vacation they uh it was like their record was coming out the next day like it was good press for everybody you know oh, wow. so uh that band yeah. looks so goofy they they're all like bartenders at the place I'm having my photo release or have had my photo nice. release by the time this comes out. Uh, I didn't mean <laughs> that. Wait, it would have already happened. Yeah, I think so. Okay, never mind. I totally, I totally mean that. It would have weird looking band. I mean, they they're, they're like... rock and rollers. They're all yeah. sponsored by like the great frog, you know? Yeah. Great. They look like, uh, um, you know what? I'm sure they're artists and they're fantastic. Dang. I... Can I ask you one more you can ask me whatever you want. I love that you, br- yeah. you bring people on this podcast interview and, them and you just ask if you can ask questions. You can ask I, all the questions you want. Sorry, it's, Dave. It's I'm a very funny be, format. I'm trying to be respectful of our guest here. You, <laughs> you on the ask, other hand, I'm here. throwing questions. Any- <laughs> whatever you want to ask me. Uh, Dave, you, you put out a couple records on major labels. One. One. On but it Interscope? never came out. Oh, it was um, supposed to be DreamWorks. Okay. Then it was Interscope. Then it was Geffen, and then we were dropped. Fuck. So Can in one know? day we were on three labels. One day. <laughs> yeah, one day we were like, boop, boop. They were just like fucking ping ponging us, passing like, you around. It was like height of Napster, you know, like people fucking had no idea what was going on. And you, uh, well, so that you talk about that record a lot in the documentary. Yeah, uh, which sure. everyone should go watch. Um, but. Yeah, how can you give us a little quick rundown of how that went and like how Dave Grohl ended up producing your record? Um, we just you know picked a few people and like we were like he'd be kind of cool. Like he seems like he's like down to earth and like you know he did what we did. You know, like did the whole touring and like the bus. And, I mean the van and like you know had he pro- shit for years. And, had he produced anything? And it just seemed funny for that. You know? He produced one album, I think. I forgot the name of the band. Are we were just like he doing anything like because it's funny for like yeah. six months or a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like we hung out with him for a year and it was fucking fun as shit. Right. Do you still like, talk to him? Um, I mean, once in a while, you know, like an email will come through, like, you know, if you reach out, like Foo Fighters come to New Jersey and you reach out, like your name's on the guest list with like backstage pass right. VIP. That's like cool. he's great. You know, he's really like what what you see of him as like if you don't know him like what you see of him that really is him like he's like 
super nice, like the nicest guy in the world. As a as a drummer, yeah, uh, da- intimidating uh, as fuck. From from sure. what I understand, Dave Grohl also plays drums. Um, he's, he's pretty <laughs> good at them. Did you guys talk about Nirvana? Like, was that a thing uh, that came up? Yeah, does, I mean, does he like, talk about it? We recorded where Nirvana recorded, and we stayed where Nirvana stayed. Fuck. And, uh, you know, he talks about recording the album and stuff, but, like, you know, not in any way that was, like, any different. They didn't know what they did, you know? Like, right. they just recorded the album and were like, maybe we'll sell, like, 30,000 copies, you know? Like, little did they know what they had. But, you know, there was no, like, you know, they were in a van, and they were the biggest band in the world, and they were in a van still. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to explain. Like, yeah. um, I mean, I know how that feels. It didn't hit them, you know. They were in like Europe and like right. somewhere else, and like they became huge, like without even knowing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they had no desire to be huge. They had right. a desire to be like Sonic Youth, you know. Man, what's it? But you're hanging out with Dave Grohl every day. Yeah, I mean, like he's you know, like, at night, like we he's like, dog, like, you need to hit those drums harder. We're playing like, like Led Zeppelin covers with like two drums. Oh, like yeah. he's playing drums, Why I'm not? playing drums. Like, you know, we had a blast. Like we had a yeah. total fucking blast. That's rad. <sighs> what a time! But like, yeah, like I learned a lot from him. Like, you know, about like, you know, overplaying and like underplaying and like structure and like keeping it simple. Sometimes, you know, like. I definitely learned a lot from being in the studio with him. For yeah, sure. I was gonna say with the role of producer, like kind of giving you some kind of guidance over things, like what were some, what was yeah. some advice he, he really, gave you? Like, or really, first one there, last one to leave. Really, day. he didn't pull. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his face? The, the Rick famous, Rubin. No. Yeah, the Rick Rubin, who where he just no. kind of like he like calls in on a conference. Like two blackberries. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, hearing stories about people who record with him now is so wild. He's like such an wacky dude that he's yeah. so like he has so much money and just like people pay in exorbitant amounts of money to record with him and he'll literally like an assistant like the engineer will dial him in on one of those like desk speaker phones and he'll just like exist on the other line maybe <laughs> you know yeah, like, he doesn't set foot in the like, studio i mean even even sucks, during his sucks. heyday change that do that twice mm-hmm. that's yeah you're fucking up and then hang up yeah, or or I mean that's it's even less than when he was like at his peak when he was literally just he would just lay on the studio couch the entire session. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't doesn't uh doesn't Butch do that too? Do I I feel like I remember hearing stories about against me doing new wave and he was just like came in for like a couple sessions. But like would like they would more send him on. they would send him tracks every day and he would make notes and send them back. Oh. Huh. I mean, I guess a lot of those people, they just ha- have a good engineer who does all the work, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, oh, Steve, that too. Sure. Steve Albini was in the doc as well. Did you do any work yes. with him? We did an album, uh, an EP, two, two seven inches. Oh, wow. Oh, we did a lot with Steve. I feel mm. like I'm more interested to hear about Steve than I am Dave Kroll. <laughs> Steve is a genius, for sure. Yeah, like... Like, the guy is unrivaled by anyone i don't know that i've ever seen steve albini's like excitement level go above like a very small like i i don't think i've ever seen him break sort of the same plane because it's always an interview you know right yeah but like when you're like with him for like two weeks you know 
like it breaks down you become friends and like you know you make jokes and like they played like you know shellac was notorious for playing like six shows a year or whatever mm -hmm. and they like invited us to play like three of them you know wow. we were like holy yeah, shit weird. like shellac invited us to play three shows of their six in the year mm -hmm. and we were just like holy shit and like everything that could have happened like gone wrong went wrong like mm -hmm. we, we crashed like three times in one show one oh show God. we got robbed another show we were like three hours late like and like shellac's like bring our gear on stage you know and, like that's wild yeah like that was i mean it was great there were great shows but like such bad luck as usual for us the, the hard um, rock five Steve right? is like like you know people always like talk about steve like in a negative way and you know as long as you're real he's real with you you know like mm -hmm. what you put in you get back yeah i'm sure he's seen his like amount of like you know uppity conceited rock star types you know and then, like, five jerk-offs from Jersey Street show, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and he's, like, super fucking, like, into it. He's like, right. these guys are fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to meet that Steve Albini. I want to meet the just him reacting to a bunch of oh, Jersey yeah. City he dudes. Great. He loved us, you know? The, didn't He has a weird guitar strap system, right? Where he, like... Yeah, it goes around his stomach. It, like, wraps his around his waist. Yeah, very it's weird. like a belt, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, the uh, the singer of Screaming Females, she has something similar. Oh, like she that. does that too. Yeah, similar. Uh, yeah, I, th I think it's kind of cool. It's cool. It seems pretty cool. Yeah, Big Black. What a wild band. But then, like ZZ Top, you know, ultimate, like you know, swing <laughs> the full chest Spinning rig. Yeah, that's the belt it. buckle. It was yeah. a belt buckle. That's what that is. Oof. You gotta have you some... hook up your belt buckle and just whip it. Oh man, the dream. Why hasn't no one done that since? I think I it's know, time to bring Friday. that back. You never know. <laughs> how do you uh, how do you top ZZ Top? Impossible. You can't top ZZ Top. Um, uh, AA Top would come out a little closer in the alphabetical list. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ! <laughs> no, ZZ Top are one of the greatest ever to do it, hands down. Uh, especially one of the greatest uh, live bands in uh, yeah. Back to the Future Three. <laughs> so true. Yes, of all one the of the greatest featured. live bands in that movie. I mean, there there was a few live bands, you know. Uh, what was it? The the Under the Sea Dance, you know. Oh yeah, um, Marvin Barry. Marvin Barry, yeah. Yeah. You call it oh, his cousin Chuck. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so growing up in Jersey City, what what were your yeah. spots? What still exists that you you love in Jersey City? I mean, it's weird. Like you know, like shit. Because I've, I've been here six and a half years, and even just like a few months into living here. Like, there's not it, a lot of spots that are still around, you know? Yeah. It, everything like, changes for, like, so quick now. Um, What's the hot dog place in General Square next to Lowe's? Oh, Boulevard um, Drinks. Right. That was like our spot. Yeah. You know, the White Castle on Kennedy Boulevard. That was our spot. You know, there was VIP Diner. That was like our spot. Colonnette, which is gone now. That was our spot. You know, we had we definitely had like hangouts and stuff. You know, yeah, Uncle what, Joe's. Yeah, what neighborhood gone. did you? What neighborhood did you grow up in? Technically, uh, I was born downtown, and then we moved to Greenville. Okay. So then I grew up in Greenville, and then um, moved back downtown later with my girlfriend, and then moved back to my parents, and then moved to Bayonne, and then I've been in Bayonne since. Nice. Mm. 
Yeah, the it's uh, nice and quiet here. You know, yeah. like it's, everything it's, you it's, want is on one block. Like Mexican restaurant, Chinese restaurant, sushi place, liquor store. You know, uh, it's like, everything. I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed the Jersey right City to Bayonne pipeline ha- uh, it's, going on. I mean, like it's cheap for now. You know, like it's all going up. Yeah. Uh, it's quiet and it's like it's a nice quiet place. Yeah. The um, it's. Yeah, Boulevard Drinks, one of the best summer days I've ever had. I think it was one of the first times I actually met Candace was uh, a whole crew. My best friend in the world. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, My roommate. You, uh, we all went on a big, I don't know if, I don't think you were there. So maybe not. No, the hot dog thing? The hot dog tour. I didn't go on the hot dog tour. The hot dog tour was one of the greatest summer days of my life. Yeah, uh, I we saw all, a picture. We all rented I don't know a bus. Why I didn't go, but I oh, didn't you, go. We all rented a bus, and we. It was also during Festa. I think I had a baby at that point. <laughs> that's, that's true. Why I didn't go. That would make a lot of yeah. sense. But we, yeah, because this would have been like 2017, I think, maybe 2018. But uh, I don't maybe then, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we all we all rented a bus and we went to like eight different legendary like North Jersey yeah, like hot dog locations. Like, Ruts, yeah. Hiram's, JR's, yeah. uh the one in Lodi, I forget. No, uh, they're so good. The um, hot dog man who hits on every woman. <laughs> he immediately mm-hmm. added all of the women on Facebook as soon as we left. Uh still posts in the in the hot dog group on Facebook occasionally. But that was such a fun day, but yeah, we all we kicked it off yeah, with all of our drinks. It was great. And like, there was t-shirts. Yeah. No, I really wanted to go to that. I can't remember why I didn't go, but I remember being invited. I was like, yeah, something yeah, happened. I think I ate ten or eleven hot dogs in, yeah, in that twenty-four hour period. A lot of nitrates. It's good you for could you. you could say but, I had yeah. an appetite for destruction. You could say that. One could say that. I'm sure Andrew's psyched about that. <laughs> Andrew's very mad that I stole his segue from him. I'm just saying that after this, I'm going to go have a spaghetti incident. Oh, no, that record is terrible. <laughs> I, I had a spaghetti incident before we started recording. Oh, I love <laughs> well, I had, I had spaghetti. The incident may still happen during recording. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a bucatini, technically, but you know. Oh. I don't, do you want do you want to talk about Guns N' Roses? Do you want to just do this for another I mean, minutes? you know, like... <laughs> let's let's use our illusion and and talk about something um, else yeah use your illusion like those could have been one album obviously um let me can we talk about guns and roses just for five minutes no i I have i have Um, one more thing to talk about that i have to mention the dave i know i ruined my whole segue but I, i have to give dave props during a large portion of the documentary you're wearing a gallagher t-shirt i am and i I love that Gallagher shirt. That's my favorite shirt. Yeah, uh, it's such a good. Uh, they still exist. I've been looking at purchasing one myself. You can go on eBay and maybe find one. I think people are ripping them off on like Etsy and Redbubble and stuff. But uh, yeah, we, mine's real deal. Like that's, super thin, oh, so, super soft. Oh yeah, like a classic like yeah. poly blend from the eighties. Poly blend from the eighties. It's got the, the little Gallagher on the shoulder. Oh man, that that's how you know the real. The, it's you, like those, you can breathe on it and it might break. <laughs> the bootleggers are not putting Gallagher on the shoulder. No, but they're not, they're not uh yeah no, me, me and my friends actually went to uh we were at the uh my friend's lake house a month or two ago and uh i found my gallagher box set that's shaped like a watermelon 
VHS? No, no, it's it's a uh, it's a DVD. It's like it's DVD. It's oh, like shit. it's like twelve of his specials. <coughs> I like, think we need to have a marathon. Yeah, no, week. absolutely. And it, it comes in a cardboard watermelon. That's that you, insane. Like, take the top off. It fits on no DVD shelf. Uh, but we you watched to, like, make a thing for it. We watched like four. <laughs> you yeah, you have to make its own <laughs> shelf for it to live on specifically. But yeah, we watched like four Gallagher specials, and then we no watched uh, the movie. Freddie got fingered and then heat. So it was a good fucking oh, yeah, weekend. Freddy got fingered. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, but Gallagher fucking rips. Uh, he's still yeah. talking about stuff that holds up today. It seems like Maybe we haven't fixed any. Friday. I don't know. I gotta find it. <laughs> yeah, Gal- so many t-shirts you can wear. You know, it's, there's. It's true. There's only so many. You should have like out gal- like wardrobe changes. I really throughout. don't know where it is. Like oh, I have man, no that's idea. So heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. I'll find it. I'm sure I'll find it. So yeah. Uh. Gotta say, when you gave us the... So, Candace was like, oh, he'll probably pick something like hip-hop. He listens to a lot of hip-hop. Yeah, I do. I and I was kind of, like, stoked, because I saw you were posting, like, some outcast stuff, and I was like, no, oh, maybe, no, like, maybe I he'll mean, pick... Like, I grew up on hip-hop and, like, weird, like, heavy metal. Yeah, and, and I was like, like oh. Jersey City was, like, the hip-hop thing, and then, like... Yeah, cool the other game. metal stuff and punk stuff with my brother, band. you know. So it was kind of like this, like, double, you know... Yeah, I I Thanks. I was hoping you were gonna pick like Stankonia or something. I'm like, I'd be yeah, fun to no, listen I mean, to that like, record. Yeah, I could pick any hip hop album. Like, it wouldn't and, be one of those, but like something that like made an like had an effect on me is that mm-hmm. album. Yeah. So you gave us the option of Motley Crue. Yes. Or or Guns N' Roses. Right. And those we, were the two first bands that like like made me want to be like, holy shit! Like, I want to do that. Yeah. Did did you watch? It's not a documentary, but did you watch the dirt or the dirty? What did you think about that? Because I, I mean, it was kitschy and like cute and like funny. Like you know, I read the book. The book is really good. Like I have it signed by all like four band members. Like waited on a line at like Barnes and Noble. (laughs) And uh, I mean, like that first album. I mean, like if you listen to it, I don't know if you ever have. No. It's not like this cheesy metal album. It's like a punk rock pop album. Interesting. Like, if you put it on, you'd be like, there's no way this is Bonnie Crew. Because they got cheesy later. Like, super cheesy. Whatever. Okay. But their yeah. first album was like 7980, and it was like, not like, you know, the real spandex teased hair era yet. You know? Yeah. So it was like riffs and like hooks and all this shit. Whatever. But like, it was like it was this weird mixture of like Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, and then like Born Against and Rorschach, you know? Okay, like, yeah. Seeing those bands as like a 13, 14 year old being like, oh, like, my, like you don't have to be like Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses, like in an arena. Like you can be in a band like these guys and Born Against and Rorschach and play in like someone's basement or like in front of 20 people, you know? So it was yeah. like that was what had the effect on me. It was like, playing these kind of songs but like in these kind of spaces you know what i mean yeah like wanting to be that like spectacle but like you know thinking you're the best or you're the greatest or you know just like aping on stage faking it till you make it yeah exactly but like doing it at like in someone's vfw hall or the unitarian church or the kyber or some shithole in nashville or Mm. indianapolis or wherever we played we went out there and just pretended we were Motley Crue every night. Like, we're the best band to ever come to this town. Hands down. Screw you. 
And that's the attitude <laughs> we always had. That's, and that's like maybe, New Jersey, baby. Most of the time we were maybe right. But maybe we weren't, you know, but we didn't <laughs> give a shit. Like we wanted to go out there and give them our, you know, our arena rock show in their basement. Nice. I think it does yeah. make a difference because I've seen a lot of, I mean, as we talked about at the top of the pod, just the the bands that just want to talk to you about making changes and things yeah. like that. <laughs> They're like, sign up in www.sad.org. Yeah, and then, you know, the the idea of, yeah, coming in and just kind of like saying fuck all that and just rocking Blowing and rolling. The fucking yeah, here's off. Songs. Sure. Have fun. The, uh, so I got to say, part of the reason I chose uh, Guns N' Roses to talk about. Yeah. Uh, is because one of my favorite clips online is uh, Axl Rose asking for some reggae. Are oh, you familiar? But that was later. That was so much later. Still good though. Yeah. I love the like the two hour loop video of it that I'll definitely yeah, link so to at some point in the pod. Whoever made that psychopath. It's so good. And whoever listens to it is worse. <laughs> um, yeah, that was later. It was all later. Like. Well, yeah, every, literally everything that happened after this like, record all you is later. Do is watch him at the Ritz in '88 on YouTube, and you yeah. will see the best band in the world. So, uh, let, let's get into it. Uh, right out of the gate, what's the end? A lot of mouth <laughs> sounds on this record. <laughs> a lot of what? A lot of mouth sounds. Yeah, I mean, a lot Axel, of wow. You know, yeah, like his sure. voice, his his body is his instrument. His yeah, voice you know, is. Thank you wild though like thinking about like conventional voices yeah he's one of those few people with like the eight octave voices you know like mm-hmm. mariah is that what it is? Yeah. yeah mariah him uh freddie mercury celine dion i don't know whatever he's one of those people yeah huh yeah it's it's just it's a weird and in, like intonation on everything though like yes yeah. unique his, as is how he enunciates things is is quite bizarre yeah but nothing like it when it came out really yeah yo that's true i i noticed a lot of new things on this record because like i think i told you i'd never listened to it before in full. right i i can't andrew have you I mean, listened I'm sure to yeah, it yeah, no i we saw the mind in paradise city and yeah right walking through the jungle um, I worked. I worked at a uh, at a music store, and anytime anybody would play the "Sweet Child of Mine" riff, yeah, get ah. out. Um, but yeah, the, this is the first time I'd ever listened to this in full. Um, yeah. Damn, were you making a bigger point? Because I can make a bigger point. Uh, you can feel free to make a bigger point. <laughs> no, so it, not a bigger point, but something that I found out during this, and I, you know, I probably listened to this record ten times over the past two weeks or whatever. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 10 painful fucking 55 wow, really? of my life. <laughs> so much pain. No, I'll tell you one thing that stuck out to me, which I was later excited <laughs> to find out that I was sort of right, was that this doesn't sound like a cohesive record. Wow. It sounds like a, a, a bunch of a band playing a bunch of different styles. Like it's a rock record for sure. And it's a ripper. Yeah. And there's some really great moments on this record, you know, and I, I would never pretend to say that the appetite for destruction does not fuck this record. Yeah. Definitely fucks. Yeah, but of course. That being said, um, I later read and found out that a lot of the material on, um, on appetite was like supposed to be solo project material. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, there was a lot of stuff. I was just looking it up. Um, 
for who it's it's so easy was a song that duff wrote right. um oh think, i heard that and they were mad you. they i i remember reading up on that too and they they're like oh yeah we really don't like playing it's so easy and we really never play it live but you know we just let duff have that one you know he came to the studio it was already call. written we said fuck it i think i it's one of my favorite songs on the record because it is kind of different than the other ones yeah, right. it's definitely more punk rock for sure. Yeah, uh, and you're think, crazy too. Super punk rock. Yeah, the yeah. Gaslighters uh, anthem. Th- think about you is yeah. uh, is an Izzy song. Yeah, weird um, like moment of like love and respect for right. women on that album. There's got to be one besides um, <laughs> the end of Rocket Queen. You know, right, I was gonna like, say all misogynist, and then like the end, he's like super. He's like, having sex with. Uh, the other guy's girlfriend, yeah, one, right? Someone's girlfriend, yeah, during it. And then, like, at the end, he's all, like, resentful and, like, I love you. Yeah. Like, Did uh, you? Really, Axel? Rocket Rocky Queen was a song that was originally written by uh, Slash Duff in uh, Izzy's band Road Crew. Before, right, Road Crew. Yeah. yeah before Appetite, or before Guns N' Roses. So, right, and they were all Hollywood Rose songs and, like, right, you know. All this, it was, it was all mishmashes of like all their bands coming together for sure. Right. But that, that sort of lends like an air of urgency to this record. Like, right. you know, it's that five they were just people like scrapping together. Right. Five people who needed to put slap together a record quickly. I mean, it fucking worked. They sold 600 billion yeah, records. That's, it's the amount of records it sold is truly fucking. I, I can guarantee you, we probably will never do. Uh, this successful of a record on this podcast again. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I own it hard. What? Like what's I was like... thirteen when that out al- when I heard that album and was blown away. Right. There's no I way. Mean, maybe like... I was just the right age and you guys are a little younger. So like, how how hit, old are you? You know? if you don't mind us asking. I'm 45. Okay. Right. You're not too so much older. So than you're four years older than me, which right. means that. What, you were how old were you? Right when this this came out in eighty seven, so I was six. Yeah. I and I right. wasn't even born it didn't yet. Hit till eighty eight, so I was twelve, <laughs> thirteen. Right. So yeah, which is I, perfect. I love. Yeah, I, I, thirteen is a perfect a, age for I this have record a tape to come of out. It still, that I had from my friend's record, like mm-hmm. I still have the tape. Yeah, it thirteen is my shitty kid handwriting. <laughs> thirteen is a good age to to find this. I think. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and like that's when like I started playing music with my brother, you know, like that was the first band I was in. I was thirteen playing bass with my brother, who was seventeen, you know, with his friends, you know. And I was like, wow, like you could be like in a band, you know, like you could really be in a band and make music. Yeah, like I thought it was either that or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like something... either you were Guns N' Roses or you right. just listened to Guns N' Roses. Like you didn't like try to make music and be a band. You know what I mean? There's something and then, about like, to do it like was kind of fun as right. a little kid. Uh it it seems like there's something about bands like this and music like this and stories like how this band got together that sort of make being a successful musician seem like how could you possibly do that? Like right. you know how I can't grind it out in rock yeah. clubs that don't exist anymore in yeah. LA. You know what yeah. I mean like that 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 nothing that brought this band to mainstream exists anymore at all yeah or has any relevance anymore which is why like it feels like another world sure 
it was another world. It was just yeah. a complete other world. It was I mean, and hairspray and glitter and lace and ugh. you know, it's it's also I you know I was gonna bring up the aesthetics later. Um, but it's such a weird like moment in time that will never ever happen yeah. again. Like it's wiped like, out by Nirvana in a right in yeah, a yeah. day. It's like motorcycle chic, but uh, like without riding a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, like you can cool. never ride a motorcycle in pants that tight. There's no well, way. Well, that's that's the thing that's so funny about like the hair metal that kind of came with it was it was such a weird hyper masculine misogynistic culture but the While outfits at feminine. the time were like <laughs> spandex pants with a cod piece and like yeah, of course. no shirt and like spandex suspenders like you're like they were up there wearing like wrestling singlets you Pretty know much. and they were like yeah. the most manly men on the planet and it's it's such a like a funny weird kind of thing that that was like so yeah, contrasting like you know, like they were like like Motley Crue were tough as shit. You know, like you fought them, you got your ass kicked by four guys who look like girls. You know, yeah, mm. yeah. And again, like, <laughs> those both those bands hit me at the same time. You know, yeah. And like I I didn't love like you know every hair metal band like Poison, Rad, whatever. You know, like I just like them too. That was yeah. it. You know, and those two records, like I could still listen to, even though I've listened to them to death, like they just like hold a special place. And that's like what made me want to play music along with like the Born Against and the Rorschachs and the local, you know, hardcore bands. I was going to say, tell me about what you were listening to that was like punk adjacent at the time or like shortly thereafter. I mean, what was what was the roadmap for you? Yeah, I mean, the roadmap was like, I mean, it was hip hop. Always, you know, L Cool J, Eric B and Rakim, Karis One, like all that stuff. Then it was, you know, and it was Guns N' Roses, it was Molly Crew, it was Born Against, it was Rorschach, like Moss Icon, um, you know, just like whoever was around, you know, heroin, Fugazi, mm-hmm. um God, who else? I mean, like all the disc like all the Discord stuff, like anything that came out on Discord. Like that was like Bible, you know, anything that came out on Matador, that was Bible, you know, and we just like took it all in. Like we got to see great shows at Maxwell's and mm. the Knitting Factory, like I said, you know, like Nation Ulysses, like we're, we're like huge influence on us. What an insane band. Like what an yeah. insanely underrated band. Yeah. Like the totally. Nation Ulysses should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, like they're one of the I most agree. incredible fucking bands on the planet. Yeah, I saw them so many times and was like, this band is like that's what like we were like, you know, like trying to be, even with our name, right. like coalition, nation, like right, you know, like a group of something coming together. You know. They um they're one of the first bands that I saw that I felt like like looked at the audience adversarially. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I don't think anybody from Nation Ulysses wanted to, like, like, I think they were like, we need to go out there and destroy. And that's, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, you know, I, for the beginning of what's that record that starts out with him antagonizing the audience? There's with, a 13 uh, point program. And then, right. 
the other you, one the bold and foolish lambs like yeah. <laughs> and you hear people in the background like shut up and it's like yeah, exactly. imagine just being that band that's like no, they i'm gonna it. stand here and i'm gonna fuck with you yeah they owned it hard just like bad luck 13 super <laughs> exactly original like bad luck 13 <laughs> <laughs> oh man so what was interesting for me on this record obviously i've heard the hits I feel yeah. like if you grew up listening to any kind of rock radio, which I did. You, yeah, I was like, how did you not hear those? I, no, songs? I've heard the hits, but <laughs> I, I never heard anything but the hits. So, like, my yeah. dad's a big classic rock guy. Yeah. But he's more on the, the era, you know, previous to this. Like, he's, you know, 60s, 70s, Black, yeah. you know, Black Sabbath, yeah. uh, Led Zeppelin. Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that, that era Pink. stuff. And uh, so, like, this stuff didn't play too much in the house growing up but no obviously yeah you listen to any like i grew up listening like mmr k-rock uh you know any of that stuff and it was uh you know you hear the singles from this to death like it's just like they say they play the same of the three songs off this record of course so it was interesting hearing a lot of the stuff that That you don't hear ever but it also made me re-listen with like an actual attentive like active ear to listen to the the singles and i came away with some good and bad for sure uh like sweet child and mine i think i really appreciated more as being like that's a fucking single Mm. yeah paradise city i think i may never like listen to again i think if it if it comes on i will like leave the room right we'll Uh, be playing it friday don't worry perfect but um, <laughs> uh but with chuck's brother joe playing Slash. oh my god um <laughs> but it's just because it's like such that song to yeah. play as the last song of the night for chuck you know yeah it's so, the last song of the night so paradise city though yeah i would never put it on ever. so simplistic of a song yeah to the point where they they, st- they start the song with the chorus yeah. Then they say f- a four-line verse and then immediately go right back into the, right chorus. In the chorus. I think yeah. they play the chorus something like eight times. It's a lot. Yeah. And and the chorus is the same two lines repeated twice. So they say yeah. the same two lines like 16 Genius. times. My favorite takeaway, though, was instead of uh, take me down to the Paradise City where the grass is green and the girls are pretty, apparently Slash's original lyrics were where the girls are fat and they got big titties. Oh. Yeah, that would and not probably go over well. I I imagine like hearing them say that sixteen times. I think would be really right. funny. Uh, so you I know, mean, if it would you be hilarious. If you need to change it up hilarious. a little bit when you do your cover uh, this weekend, you know, I'll tell Herb. Yeah, go back to the original, asshole. the Slash's original version. Uh, but yeah, I think I did I, know that. Though. I noticed that there was there's like a whistle, like someone blowing like an athletic whistle in the yeah. song. <laughs> I think whistle as an instrument is very underrated outside of the disco yeah. realm, you know? Yeah. Uh, the only redeeming quality of that song, though, is the tempo change at the end. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I want to go! Yeah, how fast that, it gets. that rips. Yeah, honestly. that part is... also a bitch to play, too. Oh, I bet, yeah. But the, um, the tempo change is... It goes on for so long, and it's it so does. fast. It does. Um, but it's a great idea. Like, out of nowhere, it's just like, different song yep yep there it, it's also such a long song too though. Yeah, it's like six minutes yeah All these songs are long. I was like, i'm gonna die can i go yeah. home please i have work at 5 30 oh my god the uh <laughs> i 
another couple little things I found uh, in this is in It's So Easy, I just love the yeah. part where he goes, why don't you uh, uh, fuck off? And then yeah. they go into like a ripping guitar <laughs> solo. And Super I think it's so, yeah. why don't you just fuck off? <laughs> um, I mean, he's being sincere. Yeah. And why don't you? Yeah. He, in, he uh, like, really? Questions. Why don't you? Why don't you? I, I in in Mr. Brownstone, I I think the hidden gem is the bongos in the background. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I also Some really love uh, when there. when he said I get up around, <laughs> I get up around seven, I get out of bed around nine. I really felt right. that, you know. I didn't realize that was the first single. It was it was it yeah was it? Mr. Brownstone was. yeah it was the first single like oh. Welcome to the Jungle was the second England single first or something and like. Because I have all the weird seven inches and all the forty fives and all that stuff, mm-hmm. huh? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, was that the original single? I yeah, always thought "Welcome to the Jungle" was because that was the video. Yeah, the uh, uh, maybe here was you know um, "Welcome to the Jungle" was maybe Europe, England, whatever. Yeah, I love uh, in "Think uh, Think About You." They got that like weird staccato guitar kind of going on in the song. Mm-hmm. It's like a real change up. It's great, and again. On the on the tip of weird instruments and anything goes, there's like that ribbed fish instrument, like the guiara, yeah. I think it's called, where it's like like true elementary school music class, like yeah. stroking the the stick on the ribbed fish instrument. But it works. The it, ribbed it, fish works. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a ribbed fish, you know. No, that I've or like you know the, the rattlesnake. What do you call it? You know the ball that hits the wood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's that song. But yeah, that thing too. That thing so need some rain sticks. That didn't come until uh, November. Marimba? Rain. Maybe it's a marimba. Um, Isn't maybe? It? I don't know. So this record, five singles. Wow. What was that? In, five singles on this okay. record. Uh, the first one, for some reason, is "It's So Easy" and "Mr. Brownstone." Are those songs? Uh-huh. Um. That was uh, June of 87. September of 87 was Welcome to the Jungle. Sweet Child of Mine was June of 88. Paradise City was January of 89. And then Night Train was uh, July of 89. Night Train? Jesus. So they had five (laughs) singles on the same record over the course of two years. That's why. That's so crazy. So they had to have just been touring. None of them sucked, except for those three. Yeah. Which I could it's I could raining do that. now. Sorry, I could do that. Sweet child of mine, if I yeah, could I, I feel I feel bad for you, Dave. You're sitting in your car, raining. I saw there was some lightning going on in the back. I'm fine. I mean, now it's just loud. So yeah, I I hear thunder cool. in in uh, outside my window too. So, but uh, yeah, I guess yeah, it is raining. Wow, uh, I, we're so close to each other. But yeah, yeah, what uh. So, like, maybe give us the rundown of what this record feels like to you when you, like, re-listen to it, it now as like a, a man in your mid-40s. That's what it feels like. It feels like what? Like, no matter when I put it on, I'm not, I'm never sick of it. Except for Power of the City, I skip always. <laughs> okay, at um, least we're all on the same page there. But, uh, yeah, it just, like, brings me back to, like, a very simple time. And yeah. it's like so many memories of like me and my childhood friends at that moment. And we were all obsessed with them, like including like Justin and our band. And even like the other guys, like everyone in our band was obsessed with that album. And we didn't know each other, you know? 
so, so it's weird, you know, like just like this means a lot sentimentally more so, than like musically. Like I yeah. don't ever need to hear it again. <laughs> so but it means a lot. To me. We mm. we talked about how Nirvana came through and kind of wiped this all out. Yeah. Were you a not fan them, of though? No. But were were you a fan of of that like incoming grunge uh scene is i mean obviously you recorded with dave Grohl, so i imagine no i just recently like herb used to play alice in chains a lot on tour and i used to want to kill myself (laughs) and uh i just recently started appreciating alice in chains (laughs) okay i feel like they've had a weird resurgence lately yeah i don't know i'm like they're they were really really good um soundgarden i always liked yeah that was about it like i didn't like pearl jam you know Stone Temple Pilots, like they had like one good song. But you like Nirvana. I love Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. Totally love Nirvana. Because funny enough, I, n- never mind another, world. you know, historical record I've never listened to like all the way through. That's... Never mind. <laughs> no. I oh my can't... god. I... Go listen to it now. There, there. Yeah. Let's just pause. <laughs> or why don't you just play it through and we'll all listen to okay. it? Because <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's honestly it's crazy. Not that I want to get stuck on Nevermind right now, but like I've definitely listened to Nevermind for 12 hours straight in my life. Like I there are times where like I remember being on a on a car ride from Florida to New Jersey when I was 11 or 12 or whatever, whenever right. the record came out and I listened to it the entire drive up just 91, 91. Yeah. I mean, and but this would have been ninety-two. I I missed out on Smells Like Teen Spirit. I caught up on him. Right. Bloom. So I'm trying to so, cup the phone so I can hear you over the rain. Yeah, I, I feel like we should we should start wrapping this up just for yeah. <laughs> I need sake. to sleep too. The, Wait, yeah. and get out of this car somehow. Um. Okay. I I've never I never thought I would say let's let's not wrap this up because I want to talk about Guns and Roses. But one <laughs> yeah, more thing. So here's here's what's wild to me is that okay the what you know I I I didn't know about the original cover. I had no idea that there was yes, an original I cover. That. I own that. Yes. Wait, oh, wow. they released that original cover. Yeah. You could That's... only get it for a little while, and then Europe sold it. But they didn't sell in the U.S. Wow! How much is that record? But worth? my record store had it, and we got them like right before they yanked it. How much is that record worth? I don't know. Is it worth? I mean, I think they reissued it a bunch of times. So with that sure. cover, I mean, I'd never sell it. You know, right? I'm just curious. And I have like the lies, like the GNR lies, like the original live at the suicide, mm-hmm. like just the four songs that they put out themselves. I can That's have wild. that. But yeah, I I'm think. I think the, I think the updated cover is better. The cross, right? Yeah, and I don't know if it's just because what I grew up with, but like, yeah. Hmm. They're both good covers. covers. Well, the the original cover is more iconic. Yeah, but the original cover is named the name of the painting that. The cover yeah. is it's called Appetite yes. for Destruction, which is Correct. you know. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. that. So, and apparently the guy who did the cover, or he like did the artwork that became the cover, like literally told them, "Is like, don't put this on your cover, man. It's not going to sell." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, think he's, he's also like super sweet old man too. Yeah, and he's just 
very indifferent about it. But he's like, ah, I told those youngsters <laughs> yeah, they not put to it do on it. The inside on the lyric sheet. Instead. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, Andrew, you got any final thoughts on uh, Guns N' Roses? I'm really starting to come around to it. Uh, Are you? Um, <laughs> but no. listen to Motley Crue's first album. Like I'm telling you, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm. It's a rager. It's not uh, like what you think. What? <laughs> what? Andrew's just reading listicles over here. Like no, we no, ripped no, them no. off. I, so I, I really, like, I really need to know. So many times I can't even count. <laughs> um, I needed to know what the most expensive Appetite for Destruction LP was, and I found it. Oh, I yeah? don't know. What is it? Um, the the most expensive one on Discogs is an original, like that original cover. Yeah, the uh, 1987 still sealed. Wow. Oh yeah, I don't have that um, sealed. And then the other really expensive one is a box set, Appetite for Destruction Locked oh, yeah. and Loaded the Edition, the oh, ultimate man. fucking box. Oh, is that yeah, the one like that's like ten six? records or something? Crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. There's so there, there's a I think a four disc version of it on Spotify, right? And it right. has like it has four CDs. Yeah, it's like got like their four Blu-ray. track demo. <laughs> like on right. there. it's really good, actually. Is it? <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, there's man. a sealed there's a sealed copy of that that's twenty five hundred dollars. Wow. I'm okay. The, uh, that sealed that sealed eighteen <laughs> uh, that sealed eighty seven alternate covers eleven hundred. Wow. No, that's, that's wild. Crazy. All things I don't have money for. <laughs> yeah, but oh, you man. have it. You could have money and then buy. I gotta it become again. a farmer, bro, or something. Yeah, oh, for real. Man. I think we all should. Yeah, we should that's all pivot. The only option. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, any final thoughts on on Guns and Roses? That's it. I just love them. Them back then, at the Ritz in 1988, <laughs> and never Go on again. YouTube. Did Watch you did you fuck with any? Would, did you fuck with any records after? Um, I mean, I messed with Use Your Illusion, and made like my like compilation of the songs that I would make one album of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, too I, much bullshit. Yeah, I think November Rain is an all timer. I think yeah, that might be if I had November. Yeah, November Rain was for this November, record. So like, I like it was for it was for this rain. record, and it it got pushed. Yeah, right. Don't cry. November Rain mm-hmm. used to be mine. You could be mine. Sorry. Yeah, the, the uh, Terminator. Yeah, there's song. some jams, you know, but there's a lot of bullshit. What What's your thoughts on Chinese democracy? It became like there was actually like one or two really good songs. It became like a meme about like when it would ever come out. Right, of course, it like was pre meme, like you know. It was like the giant joke. I I gotta say, they teased that record for like fifteen years, and then they still kept the, they still press. kept the title Chinese Democracy. Right, you're like <laughs> they you have so what? much Maybe time to change it. Not the best. That's a marketing tactic for sure. How many bands try to call their records Chinese Democracy? Like, like after that, yeah, like, there were a bunch of punk bands during it. Yeah, yeah probably during. during yeah, it's like, oh, well, we're gonna put one out first. Yeah, right. And they got sued every single time. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they <laughs> they they trademark the idea of a Chinese machine. democracy. I mean, somebody's gotta. That's true. Oh boy, Dave, absolute yes. pleasure as always. Uh, I feel bad because you're in your Hope car. See you guys in, Friday in a rainstorm. Maybe? Uh yeah, I I think I'll be there. I I'm like on the hook for a job, but I think I'll I'll be back in time. Yeah, 
Um, like I said, I wish this was coming out in time for that. Maybe we'll have to bring you back on for a little uh, postmortem. But sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I around, think or I'll, I'll be we'll, on your couch. Either yeah, way, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll do I'll it in person. Impromptu live recording. Yep, yep. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll definitely post about it on our page. Uh, yeah, the flyer for for the show coming up. Uh, yes. I'm sure it's gonna be a fucking rager. I I remember seeing. I, I saw you guys so. at the Lo-Fi block party, which is awesome. So and then fun. I remember seeing you guys before I knew you at uh, the. You played the grand opening of, of White Eagle Hall, correct? Yes, White Eagle Hall's first show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember being there for that, and that was fucking wild. Fun night. Yeah, it was. So, uh, how, many, how many drummers that night? Just one drummer that night. <laughs> you gotta you come back. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta keep adding a drummer every time you play yeah, White Eagle three, Hall Three, four. <laughs> Has any band done three drummers? That's like not Slipknot. That would be know? tough. Not anyone who was like an additional percussionist instead of like a full drum kit drummer, right. you know. A full third drummer. I think I think you gotta you gotta corner that market. It's too many drums. <laughs> too many drums. <laughs> Imagine loading in and out. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Andrew, you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I my new book, um, No Invite Eight, uh, is shipping. Um, my show is already uh, happened. <clears throat> Oh yeah, by the uh, I was gonna say the ninth. It's a Thursday. If you don't have anything going on, you should pop and see my my photo show. Dan, just do it. Come on. <laughs> you know I have nothing to plug. Oh well, you could plug our pages for the podcast. Well, you're gonna do that. So. Well, I guess be because, because you're not Friday, doing it. Go see Dave at work. Friday every day. <laughs> Go bother Dave at work. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me at Dan Bassini on Twitter and Instagram, danbassini.com. Uh, no Invite Volume 8 is out now as of record, uh, as of press time. And uh, my show would have already happened. It was a great success. I can't believe <laughs> that happened. I can't believe that thing happened that was outrageous in a good way. The fight uh, that I got into there was amazing. Yeah, the fight was nothing but good press. And, uh, you know... <laughs> I'm sorry somebody broke the front window ahead yep. of time. I, I did find out today we do have a hard seltzer sponsor for the event. Oh wow. So you know it's That's gonna big. get sloppy. Which one? Big get. Uh two robbers. I'm robbers. familiar with this. I don't know. Everyone's got a everyone's got a hard seltzer these days, but this I one's got mine. One. My trunk. <laughs> so uh yeah, thanks to everyone who came out to my show. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, if you haven't ordered a book yet, they're available. Uh, follow us both at Run Into the Ground on Instagram and Run In Number Two The Ground on Twitter. Big things happening over there. Please, everyone, rate, review, subscribe, tell all your friends. Dave, thanks again. Always good to have you. I'm sure I'll see you very soon. Of course. Hey, everybody. So it was at this point of the episode that the three of us went around congratulating each other on an amazing episode and growing as people for a little bit while the Guns N' Roses track It's So Easy played in the background. While this was flagged, we had to remove it. Uh, so just be glad that we're saving you 30 seconds of your life without having to listen to Axl Rose. See you next week. <laughs>